This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everybody that is listening. Uh, As we all know, we experience trauma as children, and it can often have long-lasting effects on our lives as adults. Often, we don't see or understand what those effects are, which is why processing childhood trauma is so important for our emotional, psychological, and physical health. My guest today, John Mabry, has a deep personal connection and understanding to the power of processing childhood trauma. John is a professional in the recovery field and an accomplished stuntman and athlete. He's here to share the journey and story of how he moved through his own childhood drama and how he empowers others to do the same. John, welcome to the show. So happy to have you with me today. Hey, thank you so much, Erica. It's such an honor uh, to be on the show with you today. Thank you for having me. And, um, I, you know, I just wanted everybody to to know, too, that you have a podcast, right, called High Sobriety? Absolutely. Yes, yes. You were uh, blessed mm-hmm. on my podcast, High Sobriety. Uh, we do through addiction campuses, and so I uh, find us on iTunes. Um, and download uh, yours just came out this last week, so oh, people can find I know. you there. So exciting, so exciting. Well, congratulations on that. So, you know, I think most people can relate to um, that word trauma in some regard, whether it's a big trauma or a small trauma, uh, whether we were bullied, whether we endured uh, an accident or a divorce when we were young, so, something. But but I don't think many people understand that we do need to process it. And, and if we don't process it, how that really bleeds into our, our lives as adults. And if we don't identify um, the narrative around the trauma also, then we, mm-hmm. then we really could get stuck in things like an addiction, correct? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, this uh, I had some traumas um, kind of in my young adult life, which I thought were the catalyst for me um, going down uh, the dark roads of, of addiction that I've been down. And it was, it, I caught me off guard when I had a, when I had a trauma therapist um, call me out on my traumas later in life, which we can go over in a little bit if you'd like. Um, yes, she was like, you know, I, they, so let me just go ahead and go into that. So mm-hmm. um, I was uh, born and raised in San Antonio, Texas to a uh, relatively um, stable or a very stable uh, home and stable environment, stable um, uh, family support system and friends. And um, when went off to college, and I'm senior in college at Baylor University. Um, unexpected happened. I, w- I was, I was, life was could not have been going better for me. I had a full ride scholarship my senior year. Um, was interviewing for jobs. Um, I mean, it, it, social chair of the fraternity. That life mm-hmm. could not have been going any better. It was just, you know, the the, the world was just full of possibilities for me. Uh-huh. And then six seconds on March 11, 2000, changed everything when just a freak uh, accident in a friend's car, we, a tire blew out when we were going 70 miles an hour down the interstate. Mm-hmm. We rolled 10 times oh, wow. across I-45 outside of Houston. And uh, through that, um, I, I was conscious the whole time, and I, I saw my legs getting crushed numerous times and ended mm-hmm. up uh, losing a friend in that accident. Oh, and uh, her name was Ashley Furman. And uh, I ended up having uh, 10 or 14 surgeries that next year. And so entered, um, you know, here comes painkillers. You know, there's absolutely a need in in the marketplace for for acute Mm -hmm. situations like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found it as a, a, you know, was using it as a long-term solution. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, that on top of the alcohol that I was already drinking in college just made for a, a recipe for disaster and mm-hmm. ended up uh, doing some things on the outside that looked good. Uh, moved out to San Diego, worked on a master's in counseling, thought I wanted to go help other people, but I never really looked at any of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, found my way as a, a body double for my cousin in a TV show in 2005. And so ended up moving to, to LA and got, got an agent and Worked on uh, like uh, NCIS and a uh, number of uh, projects in the movie Super Bad. I have a scene with Jonah Hill and Matt. Uh-huh. Um, okay. it, you know, everything looked good on the surface. And I thought I had kind of a- arrived again, like I was my senior year in college when everything was going great. When I got to uh, go to the Playboy Mansion with Adam Sandler and tag along with him. And that was kind of the pinnacle of, of my LA career and lifestyle. And it was mm-hmm. just a, a few short uh, months after that that uh, I found my brother dead uh, from an accidental uh, overdose in oh, his uh, so Beverly Hills sorry. home. So sorry. Yeah. So just adding fuel to the fire was mm-hmm. already abusing all kinds of prescription uh, medications behind the scenes before that on top of the alcohol and painkillers. And so that just uh, made it worse. And we got out of L.A., moved to Nashville, where we've been for eight years now. Mm-hmm. Um, struggled to hold down a job, um, you know, no friends, just very isolated, very alone. Nobody, we didn't talk to anybody about our stuff, you know, I have a mm-hmm. wife and um, three young children and we we didn't want anybody to know. We were so scared of the stigma that people were going to look down upon us. And so we didn't say much until, mm-hmm. you know, I almost go and, and kill myself with all the uh, concoctions that I was mixing underneath the, the surface. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I ended up going in, finally going into treatment uh, for a few rounds of treatment and it wasn't until I, I relapsed several times that I was like, you know what, I'm dealing with trauma here. Maybe I should go to a trauma-specific therapist instead of just a general psychiatrist or psychologist. So mm-hmm. I, I think I need somebody with some more firepower. Mm-hmm. So I have a phone consultation with uh, Dr. Lee Norton with the Center for Trauma Therapy here in Nashville. And mm-hmm. 15 minutes into the phone call, she stops me. and She goes, thank you for sharing your story, John. I really appreciate it. But I'm not real concerned about your brother, and I'm not real concerned about your leg or your friend dying. What I am concerned about, however... But I think it's going to be life changing for you. Is um, when you tell me what happened to you as a child. Mm, and I was just wow. like, I was just floored. I was like, what? I didn't mm-hmm. like, I didn't say, say anything about my childhood. What are you talking about? She goes, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Something happened early on that set the tone for how you how you reacted to these other traumas later on in life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. who is this wow. lady? How did I get her name? You know, I'm going back. Like, maybe I told <laughs> myself this lady right. is whack. Right. And um, nobody, you know, of all the treatment centers I've been through, nobody said, let's go back to the beginning. You know, was there something yeah. else that started this? Everybody just really? looked at what was going on on the surface. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And um, so um, I ended up like, well, I had some ear surgeries as a kid, but that wasn't a big deal. She was like, no, 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 no. She goes, listen, all right, here, let's set your appointment. When you come in, we're going to start with that. We're going to start with your ear surgery. Mm-hmm. So here I go. I'm going, man, I'm willing to try anything. Okay, I'm, I'm miserable. I can't stay sober. I'm not able to live at home. I'm living in a halfway house. My wife kicked me out. I'm in a trailer. I've gone from the Playboy Mansion to living in a trailer on the side of the Cumberland River. Fine, I'll I'll do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I go in there, and she sets down some crayons and uh, some paper, and says, "All right, I want you to draw what you remember, you know, from your first surgery." And so we kind of go through this over several sessions, and we mm-hmm. come up with a storyboard, and she puts it up on the wall, and sure enough. Come to find out, I had feelings of deep insecurities, um, of defectiveness. My whole life, I always felt different. I felt odd. I felt 
something's wrong with me. Nobody mm-hmm. understands what's going on with me. And yeah. there was stuff going on in my head, both physically with the with the ear pain, um, and then you know mentally, psychologically. Now you know something's something's wrong with me. I'm broken. I'm never going to be able to be fixed. And um, so bad, I had a transplanted eardrum and the three bones in my left ear, prosthetic bones. And so, as a, mm-hmm. I had no idea that for so long I was carrying this like, man, I'm broken, and there's mm-hmm. nothing that can ever fix me. I, they had to put somebody else's body part in my head to. Mm-hmm. kind of get me back to baseline. Right. And it wow. was huge, life-changing to to wow. go back and, and discover these these feelings right. and and uh, things from from early on. So so the so the awareness around um the the narrative of I am not good enough, I have someone else's body part in me or you know th- those those very sounds like deep-seated subconscious thoughts that were that were planted in your head as a child like silently basically were carried with you throughout your teenage life and early <laughs> right adulthood yeah. yes yeah exactly yeah. and it's mm-hmm. funny how they manifest what mm-hmm. i did so and, and i described to the therapist i said well you know and she said, what was high school like for you i said oh man i was you know a social butterfly everybody loved me and, and right. you know i was friends with everybody all groups of people because I, I wanted everybody to like me so i was overboard on making sure i would fit, try to fit into whatever group i was sitting with at the lunch table that day or sure. out with that weekend. And You're I said, well, you know, uh, senior, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So senior year, I, I was uh, destined to get class clown. That was my goal. I don't even care if I graduate. I just want class clown. And at prom, I got named, um, I was voted most outgoing, most school spirited, best personality and class clown. Yeah. And Dr. Norton, Dr. Norton goes, do you think that had any play into how insecure and fearful that you were living that you overcompensated for it and I was like oh my right. gosh you're yeah. totally right yeah yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah I, I think as people are listening I'm I relate to that I think a lot of people relate to that I think I think we all try and overcompensate because I think at, at our core we're all insecure in some way or something has happened that um you know shakes our belief system and and challenges us to to re hopefully relook at it, it, what what is going on in our thoughts, you know, but it obviously takes a lot of um, willingness and effort. Like on on your part, you've had the courage to yeah. t- to do that, you know. Yes, yeah. Willingness is a great word. If somebody out there is listening to this and and, and something's resonating with you, they're like, hey, maybe maybe that interaction with my aunt or uncle or my grandparent or. My neighbor, you know, there was an adverse situation in my, in, you know, early on in my childhood that I never thought of that, that could have had an impact. Or maybe somebody's listening as a child that's maybe been through some, some tough times at school with bullying or, or whatnot. But to, to have the willingness to, to open up and maybe go look at those things, uh, that can be scary. And that, that can, or, or to, to think that like, no, that there's no way that that has an impact on me now. That was 30 mm-hmm. years ago. There's no way that that has an impact. I'm I over it. You to just, yeah. Yep. I'm an adult now. I should. Uh, that shouldn't. I'm going to be embarrassed to go talk about that with somebody because they're going to go. Why didn't you deal with this? You know, you should deal with this a long time ago. Why are you still mm-hmm. carrying this with you? You know, mm-hmm. you may be carrying something you have no idea. And so to have a willingness to just go explore, maybe you go in and you find nothing. But mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. my case, went in and found everything. I found everything that I needed to release um, mm-hmm. from the very beginning. You know, from early on. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. And it's so powerful that, you know, I'm, I'm thankful, grateful to the, the fact that you found this therapist, um, you know, because there's so many people out there that are sitting with these, these childhood traumas and, and they, you know, they may be aware that they were traumatic, but yet feel very stuck, you know, and how to, um, change their thinking or they know, you know, Hey, I, you know, I can't let go of this or I obsess about this still. And, you know, and it's just things that get in the way of their lives and create stress and anxiety and depression. So, you know, if anybody's listening out there that is enduring this, this kind of, uh, you know, any of these feelings of depression or anxiety, you know, try and I think, look at, look at, you know, what's underneath the surface as well. Would you say that that's Mm -hmm. something you work with people on? Yes. Yes. So, you know, if you think about it, um, we see people in treatment at, at addiction campuses and, uh, you know, other, all the other treatment centers around the country. You're seeing, you're seeing people who are on fire. They are, they're trying to put a fire out underneath, underneath the surface in their emotions and their, in their, uh, in their minds and, and sometimes in their bodies with the physical chronic pain that people are going through. So when I see people, when I see somebody struggling with alcohol, substance abuse, substance use disorder, mental health issues, I'm wondering what's going on underneath the surface. I'm just seeing what's mm-hmm. being presented on the outside. And it's somebody who's sick who, who needs some help and they need some love and, and some compassion. And um, so it, that, that, that Dr. Norton, she goes, you know what, why, and this was profound to me, the first person in my life to go, no wonder you're abusing drugs and alcohol. You, mm-hmm. you are on fire underneath, underneath the surface and you're looking for the first fire extinguisher and the closest, most easiest fire extinguisher you can find to put the fire out. Why would you right. not be drinking and doing doing prescription pills? And I was like, what? Right. She's not condemning <laughs> me. She's not telling me, you need to stop. You're running your family into the ground, and you're about to get a divorce and, you know, be buried yeah. next to your brother, you uh, know. And so so if, if you are somebody that – if you have somebody that uh, that's going through something like this or you're going through something yeah. like this, it's okay. Yeah. It is okay yeah. to be struggling. Um, but it's not okay to not do something about it and to just keep going down the path that – if you feel stuck – that's okay. That's a good, you're, if you can recognize that you're stuck, that's great. Now, the next step is, is to reach out for help and do something about it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and, and also, like you said, you know, I, I want people to know that, you know, not professionals out there are not gonna, they're not here to shame you or no one's here to judge you. Um, especially, you know, I, I, I'm running a treatment center and I, I also am a counselor and I know that people really actually relate better when I tell them my story that I have actually been down a dark path with addiction and I have had experiences as well and that there's a, there's a bit of a compassion and, um, and a relatability there. And, and most, most therapists and most counselors get into this line of work because we understand, because we want to help lead you out of the darkness and into the light. Cause we've done so ourselves. Um, and, and then most people, you know, have endured trauma. So it, I think, I think the fear that people have that they'll be judged is what keeps most people from getting help mm-hmm. or fear for gi- giving up also the substance, which I hope everybody understands, um, is, is, is something that, you know, is absolutely possible. Absolutely. There, it is possible. I didn't think that I could ever do it. I honestly thought for, for such a long time that I was just going to lose my family. I just mm-hmm. thought for long, I was like, man, this is like, it's, it's just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen that I'm just going to, I'm going to end up living in an apartment by myself and mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have custody of my kids. You know, it's been well documented that I've, you know, driven driven around with, you know, intoxicated with, with kids in the car. And, I mean, I can't hide it. The judge is going to rule in my wife's favor. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just kind of, for a while, they were just like, man, that's, that's probably going to be me. I'm going to be, you know, Hopeless. One, one of those yeah. statistics. 
Yeah. yeah. But the yeah. thing that I, the thing that kept me going is I was willing. I, I there was a willingness um, to try to get better. And if something doesn't work, don't give up. Try another route. If one mm-hmm. therapy type of therapy doesn't work, try another. Th- you know, there's a, there's all kinds of different uh, essential oils, um, EMDR, uh, mm-hmm. massage therapy. You know, I mean, there's all these different ranges out there. It doesn't always have to just be sitting in a in a therapist's office on a couch. You know, talking about your problems. There are if that doesn't appeal to you or doesn't work for you, that's okay. You know, maybe mm-hmm. go to a church counselor. Maybe go to a weekend retreat. Um, you know, maybe go to an outpatient facility and get to do some outpatient work, um, intensive mm-hmm. outpatient work. Um, mm-hmm. Find a support group. Find a twelve-step you know uh, meeting in your area. Um, so mm-hmm. if something doesn't work, don't give up. That's what I. Mm-hmm. I never gave up, but I, it, it didn't come easy. <laughs> it didn't come easy, and I had to try all kinds of different avenues to uh, to get to that today. Yeah, I love that you say that. That's it's it's. I'm just so happy that you echo that because I I believe that there's an individual path for everybody, and you know what works for me may not work for you, and what works for this person. But there are so many ways. There's so many healers. There's so many different um, spiritual practices, and and yeah. you know. It, there's so there's something for everybody out there. And the point is, is I think to be open hearted and open minded to just trying everything. And, um, you know, I know it's hard for some people where they don't have access to treatment, but there are books out there. There are, there are, you know, podcasts like yours, like mine, you know, there's, there's ways to get information out there. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. Treatment, treatment is so expensive. Um, a lot of times it can be, it can be expensive. And it can be um, overwhelming. It can be daunting to think of stepping away from, you know, a job or a family or, or your life situation to go into that. And absolutely, there are pe- millions of people get and stay sober without going to treatment. And you don't have to mm-hmm. go to treatment. And what I, what I would say is I, I feel, in just my personal opinion, that 95% of recovery is done after treatment, if not 98% or 99%. Treatment's where absolutely. you can go and get some tools and you can go get some knowledge yeah. and some education and you can get detox, um, things like yeah. that. But 90 plus percent of the work is done um, in, in on your own time in the real world. And yeah. so you don't have to have to go spend, you know, um, a bunch of money to, to go get sober. You can do There are tools and resources out there. Um, you got to be willing to, to reach out and, uh, yeah. and admit, you know, each and every day, hey, I, I'm going to need help today. Wake up the next yeah. day. I, I still need help today. I need mm-hmm. more help, you know, the next day. I need more help mm-hmm. today than I did yesterday because mm-hmm. I'm worse off because yeah. I actually uncovered some things that are uncomfortable. And now I've got right. to work through those. Right. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now and now insurance insurance really does cover a lot of of, of um, treatment. So I, I do want people to at least try. Yeah. And, and yes. I think it's it's really shifted the past couple of years since I've been in this industry for so long. I've seen that insurance really has gotten, um, thank God, people to treatment that maybe have never have access to it before. And Absolutely. Um, there's a a lot of scholarships out there, different treatment centers. So, you know, get in touch with John or I. I mean, I'm sure we both could help people find that option if, if they've tried other things that haven't worked. Yes, please do. You know, surround yourself. I mean, there's nothing better than if you are embarking on um, trying to recover for the, maybe the first time or the second or third or fourth time, like I had to do, to go get into a facility where you're, you're you know, um, you're with like-minded people who are also struggling. You have the distractions mm-hmm. of home, um, behind, you know, outside. Uh, of you for a little while so yeah mm-hmm. absolutely if you can get into a place and if you're not sure if you can pick up the phone and call call around and at least try um mm-hmm. you owe it to yourself to, to try to get in and get some support with with you know high quality professionals um and a good support system to get to lay a good foundation if you can mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so t- just to update, so how is everything in your life today? How is, how is your family and what, what has been inspiring you lately? Where are you at and on your growth uh, trajectory? Oh my gosh. It is crazy. How they say in, in 12 step work, uh, nine step mm-hmm. promises um, actually do come true. I'm doing a ton of public speaking. I'm sharing my story. I've, I've helped our uh, company, um, start a drug-free workplace program where I go around to businesses and companies and um, teach them, you know, things to look for uh, for drugs in the workplace and things to look for at home. You know, if, if somebody mm-hmm. has a family member that's struggling, hey, here's some signs to look for. So you can mm-hmm. find medicine missing out of your medicine cabinet. Just, you know, right. kind of things that are common sense for you and I that we know, but somebody else on the outside that doesn't understand addiction, but they're like, wait, my grandson could be coming to my house and stealing my, you know, Ativan? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. I've, I've gone out and stolen medications from, you know, my grandparents before. So, uh, <laughs> you know, those, those kinds of things. So we've got a drug-free workplace program I'm doing. Um, I, I'm also just started, I just committed yesterday, and I'm really scared about this, but I just mm-hmm. uh, signed on with Anna David uh, to start working yeah. on a um, on a book, uh, oh, on a cool. book on my story. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Very nice. Uh, I know kinda... Anna, Anna well. Yeah, that's awesome. She's great. She is great. Good, good. And then, um, man, two days ago, we just did an interview on, live on Fox, a roundtable discussion with uh, Nashville's uh, Mayor Megan Barry, who just lost her son uh, less than three months ago to an accidental overdose. Oh, and wow. she's been very public about how he mm-hmm. died and, and why he died. And mm-hmm. um, it, she's really helping open up the conversation more here in, in our uh, region. And mm-hmm. so was uh, was honored to be on, on a, a panel talking uh live here on Fox just the other night. So, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, that's things have just, I mean, complete 180. Um, mm-hmm. I've just landed a cover on Toastmaster magazine. So I do Toastmasters for public speaking, kind of like, mm-hmm. kind of like AA for public speaking or 12 step group for public speaking to help you get over your nerves of mm-hmm. getting out and talking in front of people. And so since I've been doing more and more of that, I joined a group to help coach me along and help, help me. And, oh, um, cool. so the, been doing some, uh, you know, interviews like that. That'll be coming out. That's got a circulation of 140 countries, um, with three to four hundred thousand um, distribution in their magazine. And so, just uh, trying that to share my amazing. share my story and sharing sharing hope that man, if yeah. I can do it, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Because I'm the laziest, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm in my addiction, and I'm letting that stuff rule my life. I am. I I, I can't be more lazy and make more excuses. So if oh, yeah. I can do it, you can do it. I know. I love and and thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, it takes it takes uh, all of us to kind of rally together and and like encourage each other to continue to do the work because it is so important. And like you, you know, you teach one person, that person teaches another person is endless and endless and endless. And so I'm just so proud of you. And and also like what you just said is like you've even challenged your old narrative of like, I'm the lazy one. You know, I thought that about myself, too. I think anybody that has been in a, a dark place in their life is like man, I could be the worst of the worst, you know, and yet when you are clear and sober and present and healthy and guided by love and guided by health, we become different people. And, and, you know, there's motivation, there's a different light, there's a different feeling, you know, that, that comes with, with that. And so I just want everybody that's out there that, that if they're saying that to themselves, you know, I'm different, I'm the worst, no one's using as worse as I am, or this is that, you know, 
let it go. Try and try and listen to you and I right now. Try and listen. You know, people said to me too. You know, wait till you see all the beautiful things that will happen. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But, I know. I know. You're kind of like whatever. You're just but it's true. Better. Yeah, but it's it's true, and you're a testament of it. So am I, and and so are millions of others. So I I just so appreciate you sharing that with our audience because I I really I can't say it enough, you know. Yep, yep. I'm not a lazy person, but when I'm when I'm not helping, <laughs> I, yeah. you know, I can't take on more than just kind of let, let me just feed myself today. If I can just feed myself, you know, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. But now, exactly. now I can you know run the kids to the ball games, and I can carry on you know uh normal conversations with people and not hide you know not 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 answer my phone or not not return texts mm-hmm. and things because right. i don't want people to you know catch on uh, right just be available i can be available for for you know folks like you to come into my life and just continue to bless me and continue to encourage me and so know that i i uh, respect what you do and i admire oh, what you do you, and that's why, that's why i reached out to you originally to do uh be on my podcast is because uh, i love mm-hmm. the work that you're doing and Mm. Well, thank you, you. Thank you so much. And, and I so appreciate what you do. And, and just it's, you know, I always believe the universe brings us people into our lives for a reason. And, you know, I'm so happy we're connected. So, John, can, can you tell everybody where, where to find you, where to find the podcast and how people could, could get a hold of you? Sure. So uh, addictioncampuses.com uh, and then is just uh, for treatment uh, facilities that we have throughout the country. And then uh, my podcast is called High Sobriety. Um, love the name and we have a good time with it. We've had <laughs> it uh, a couple, me- couple members of the band Corn on recently and, um, Erica, cool. of course, my mm-hmm. trauma therapist. So we have kind of a range of, of folks. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, it's called high sobriety mm-hmm. funded on iTunes. And if anybody's interested in, in, you know, if anything's resonated with what I said, if you go to John Clint Mabry on Facebook, just John Clint Mabry, um, you know, I'm posting things that I'm involved in and, and grateful to mm-hmm. and honored to be a part of like, like the uh, roundtable discussion the other night with the mayor. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. awesome. Well, congratulations on everything, and uh, I'm so grateful to have you with me today. You're you're listening to Rewired Radio on Radio MD. I'm Erica Spiegelman. Thank you all for joining us today, and stay well. <laughs>